the predator has arrived. This is Chalk My Back. There we go. I'm gonna go a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of doom. This is the time for the intro to start, David. Here we go. Yes. Yes. Oh, there we go. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Hey, what's going on? Hey man, Welcome. what's up? How are you doing, man? Hey, David Garcia is here, everybody. Give it up for David Garcia. Hey. All right. Thank you David. guys so much for having me. <laughs> David Garcia. So, David Garcia, uh, meet director, meet announcer. He's also run the live feed for the USAPL Arnold and uh, Nationals, uh, USAPL Nationals. He's also the owner and head coach for Prime Predator. Uh, David Garcia, give us who are you for the people who don't know who you are? Who is David Garcia? Yeah, what uh, do you want the audience to know? Kind of a loaded the question. Audience. The audience. Yeah, it is a loaded question, but uh, I guess from a working, from a professional standpoint, my, my title is literally International Strength and Conditioning and Powerlifting Coach. That is, from a title standpoint, that's, that's what I do and that's who I am. Um, I am a man of many different traits. I, I dip my hands and feet into a lot of different areas of athletics. Uh, not just powerlifting, but I get to basically travel the world and coach athletes and be involved in powerlifting heavily through, like you said, announcing, directing, oh. uh, commentating, a little bit of everything, man. They if referee. anyone's been in powerlifting for the past few years, they've they've known, they've <laughs> seen you in some capacity. Ten years now. Yeah, a decade now. I've been. How'd you get started? How did I get started? I had a coach who got me into it. Uh, 2011 is when I first got into the coaching world and all that good stuff. So um, yeah, been around for, yeah, just a little over a decade now. Senior year of high school, I actually, I was getting ready to go play college football. So started training for that and all that good stuff. I had a coach who just happens to be one of the founding fathers of Texas high school powerlifting. Um, he's been very well known from a strength and conditioning powerlifting world uh, for many, many years. He was asked by the Cowboys to be their strength and conditioning coach in the 90s, things like that. So like the guy knew what he was doing. Yeah. He comes to me and tells me, have you ever thought about coaching? And I was like, no, not at all. I was like, you really should give it a thought. I think you'd be a great coach. You have a knack for it. You love athletics. You know how to communicate really well. You People listen to you. Like, I, I think you should try it out. Like, no, 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 no. I, I want to go into business. That's what I want to study in college. I want to focus all on that. Hmm. I was like, ah, hmm, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I just, coaching is not for me. Two weeks go by. He comes back to me again. He asked me the same question. He's like, did you think about it? I'm like, no, honestly, coach, it's just not for me. He goes, listen, I have a spot open on my strength and conditioning coaching staff this summer before you go off to play college football. It's yours if you want it. I really think you should take it. Uh, you should try it out. And I need the help anyways over the summer. I was like, you know what? If you need the help, I will be more than glad to repay the favor. And the reason for it is this coach is the closest thing I ever had to a real father figure. My parents were divorced and things like that. So he, throughout high school, he was a father figure to me. So I took him up on his offer. I was like, you know what? If you need the help, I'll help you out. I helped him out that summer with the advanced strength and conditioning group at the high school. Uh, straight out of high school. I was barely, what, 18, 19 years old, whatever it was, and started my journey there. And um, I was just doing it to help him out. Remember, 
and I was still going to go play college football. And then I was going to, and I was going to continue to study business. And it was during the, that summer that he was absolutely right, guys. I had fallen in love with coaching. I, he, was, he was right. I had a knack for it. I was natural to it. I understood uh, biomechanics so well. It was just one of those things where it, was, it just made perfect sense. So what, what so, about coaching in particular uh, to kind of kind of get crossover? Because yeah. I originally wanted to get into business. So do you feel like there was mm-hmm. any sort of, um, you know, cross, for lack of a better term, crossover or uh, commonality between what you wanted to do going into business and what you found being a strength and conditioning coach? Crossover? I don't think so. I think it was just a switch of realizing what I really wanted to do. Um, I'll tell you this, when I was a little kid, four, five, six years old, you know how adults always ask little kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? My exact answer every single time when I was a little kid was, I want to help people. I didn't know what that meant. I had no clue if that meant I was going to be a nurse, if I was going to be a fireman. I had no idea what that meant. But I always told people, I want to help. I want to help people. That's what I want to do. Fast forward to 2011 when I got to try out coaching for the first time. And that's exactly what I ended up doing. That's what I've been doing for the last 10 plus years now. So, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Very, very, very quickly. When you, when you fell in love with coaching, was, I mean, we polled our audience and on the Chalk My Back Instagram page, at Chalk My Back, if you're not following us, what are you doing? But we polled our audience and we got a lot of questions. A lot of them were related to your energy on the platform and how hype you are. Um, you know, that term hype is used, <laughs> used a lot of times yeah. with you. Yeah. Yeah. Did you start out, did you start out having that type of energy? Did you ever yes. have, have any self-doubt when coaching originally? Did you always, always kind of so, know what you were doing? I knew exactly what I was doing. Um, because for two reasons, one, the coach I had, he literally gave me free reins on how to coach. He told me, cause I asked, I was like, how do you want me to coach? And he told me coach, how you think you're supposed to coach. I was very lucky that in high school, I had incredible coaches all four years, whether it was through football, powerlifting, strength and conditioning, whatever. I had incredible coaches. So I was able to mimic and take a little bit from each one and create my own coaching style. The one thing that was always 100% me is that hype you guys talk about and everybody always mentions. To me, it's, it's hard for me to always call it hype, at least when I'm talking about myself, because to me, it's just me being passionate, right? It's, it's me, my emotions and all that coming out. And I forget that I'm doing that until I see it, until people show me videos, until people show me (laughs) pictures. I get so tunnel vision when I get in that mindset and I start jumping, I start screaming. I did it when I was coaching football. I did it when I was coaching strength and conditioning for high schools, universities, and even when I'm coaching powerlifting now. So it's that part has always been who I am and a part of me. <laughs> you know, it's so, funny. Yeah. So we actually got a question. And this is kind of a tangent a little bit yeah. um, before we get back into that train. But is, in regards to what you were just saying about getting into the zone and kind of not even realizing the energy that you're putting out until you kind of see videos of it later on. The Correct. first time I the first time I met you, David Garcia, was at a USAPL uh state championship maybe something i don't know it was, it was a meet back in like ooh, maybe 2017 2016-ish okay but um the, one of the questions was you know like have you ever competed i remember you were competing at this meet yes. in particular yeah and and i remember like i was sitting down it was like my first ish usapl meet so i was just kind of getting my bearings for it and i i, I hear somebody in the back like 
like you know yelling like someone hit me like hit me i was like what i was like what is going what on is I, thought, I, thought I, I thought i left the uspa like this is the USPA. and then and then, and then i go and i but my instinct was like i immediately turn around and you're like you're like it's like someone hit me it's about to go like to get hype and i was like all right yeah. and so i actually slap you and i remember feeling like that was the first time i've ever slapped a man i remember feeling shame and guilt but uh and a little good too but when i i remember my Damn. My third attempt on deadlifts, I was, was gonna go up. Actually. He was asking me to slap him. I yeah. was like, okay, I'll slap your back. And yeah. He's like, no, slap my face. Uh, I was like, yes. nah, no, I was gonna get someone else for this. I was like, run, I was I was running around the warm-up room. I was like, hey, hey, someone needs David Garcia to slap him. I go grab Abe. Abe's like, heck yeah, I'll like go Superman do it. Superman coming out of the phone booth, and now my hand actually like was leading my body, and I and I but but it was funny because he returned the favor on my third attempt on deadlift he gave me the yes, slap yes and i but it, that, i think a little bit of that david a little bit of that was getting back at me because i was like that was like i felt it i felt it in my mouth you know when you kind of you feel like the the metallic yeah, but i was mm, like yeah but mm. that was the first time I, I met you and i'm like that's an interesting Correct. person like you kind of you kind of the you know the energy it kind of permeates um and that's just kind of what people can come to expect so yeah to answer to answer well, for you to give an opportunity, how many uh, powerlifting meets have you competed in? Competed in, I think, if you were to go back and look, I probably only competed in four, five, six, seven. I think I competed maybe seven before. So I got injured. Well, you say, you said we'll, only? We'll talk seven? about that later. But yeah, I would say it's a seven. It's a good amount. For, no, I mean, definitely no more than seven. I don't think it was more than seven at that point. I thought you were going to say like two. Yeah, no, seven is a good amount. I would, think, I would no. say like I don't know. I don't know if I've competed in seven parallelismes. Maybe I shouldn't say that I for the podcast. I think I did. I want to say I did four or five USAPL once. What draws you to this over anything else? Yeah. What draws me to it? I uh, honestly, as everything to do with seeing people's pr- progression. I mean, taking them from nothing to something or taking them from something to something even better. I think that's what I love. Um, It's like asking a doctor why, why they love surgery. Well, they get to heal people, right. They get to fix people, whatever the case may be. So I think for me, from a coaching standpoint, I think that's why I'm so drawn to it. And then on top of it is just when they realize what they're capable of doing. Um, If you've ever been in a coaching position and you see that, you know how rewarding it is. So now you said you're you're mainly like your your goal is to help people, and you said like you're mm-hmm. now you're commentating, coaching, me directing. Um, which what are you primarily doing now? Like, are you more involved in coaching, or are you more involved in uh, um, like me directing? Like, what do you what do you primarily definitely? Doing now? I would definitely say the right now the coaching part. Um, I mean, the coaching part is, has always been my number one priority. Like that meet where I met Abe was actually, for, uh, this is a perfect example of if you put me in a nutshell when it comes to my coaching. That meet, I competed and that same meet, I coached 22 people at the same time I competed. How did you Whether it was that? my own athletes or whether it was people who just needed someone to coach them for that day. Oh, okay, uh, okay. because their coach couldn't be there or whatever. But so I, and I picked all their attempts, 22 people. I will never forget that. Jeez. I, I competed. I went eight for nine. 
qualified for raw nationals that year with that meet and I coached 22 people. So what I'm trying to get at is coaching has always been my forefront. I will always put coaching ahead of my competing days. I will always put it ahead of everything else. Um, just because that's who I am. That's, that's my number one priority and it's my passion. What do you say is your biggest influence as a coach? You said you were, you were talking about your, um, you coach from I think high school or was it, was yeah. it college? Yep. Uh-huh. Um, do you think like you're like, that's your biggest influence as far as programming, like teaching technique, like what's, what's your, uh, what's your biggest influence? Um, are you, are you talking about like influence of my coaching and my coaching style and things like that? Yeah. Okay. So I would definitely say, uh, I think it was the, the, the ability of being able to put my own coaching style. Like once a coach told me coach, how you think you're supposed to coach. And like, once again, I had incredible coaches. So I was able to take a little bit from everything. I think that was the influence of how I wanted to coach. Right. And as time went on, I realized how my coach was, or my, my coaching style was, uh, great for specific athletes. And that's what I give them. But at the same time, I'm like a chameleon when it comes to my coaching style, because I have athletes who don't need that hype and I don't give it to them because I know them and they don't need it. And so I'm more quiet, I'm more reserved. And because I know what kind of type of athlete I'm dealing with, see what I mean? I don't, I, I don't need to hit this athlete or anything like that prior to their attempt. Oh, you can hit me, dog. <laughs> oh, we, we, we'll go back <laughs> down honestly, that avenue later. Honestly, yeah. David, you know, I, t- I tell Anasa to hit me sometimes, and he just doesn't do it right. He just honestly, the <laughs> art of slapping is such a refined thing. And I'm being dead serious. Some people just can't do it. They're just not enough. That's true. That's true. Yeah, Anasa, he'll push you. Be careful. Anasa won't, he won't slap you. He'll push you. Hey, we, we, we left the mark on your back that one time. Slapped you. <laughs> but no, I, I get what David is saying. Like some people, you want to slap them just hard enough, but you don't want to just knock them out. So I, I, I know I know where you're coming from. I, I get it. I recently at the Pioneer Open, I coached at that one. I had a couple of athletes and one of my guys, him and I were standing next to each other. And we saw the guy that was in front of them get slapped so damn hard. And he looks down at me because he's pretty tall. And he looks down at me. His name's Colby. He looks down at me and he goes, um, if you ever freaking do that to me, I swear I will throw you. <laughs> <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't like being hit, right? <laughs> I uh, I wanted to kind of pivot a little bit into the prime predator um, yeah. you know, coaching endeavor that you're that you're primarily yeah, focused absolutely. on right now. We also we we do have some questions that we'll go through maybe in like a, a rapid fire after the fact. Okay. But can you yeah. in elevator pitch style? Explain to us what Prime Predator is and how it got started. Absolutely. So Prime Predator Performance is our coaching company and country brand. And I say us. Um, who does it involve? It's myself and Big Ray Williams. Uh, he has been my best friend for the last couple of years. Uh, we just hit it off so well. We've spoken about coaching and his ideas, his uh, methods, almost identical to mine and it's not like we're trying to do that on purpose that's the funny part is we just have very similar ideas and methods when it comes to coaching um so if you don't know he does coach he has athletes that he does coach on his own he also coaches at a junior college he does strength and conditioning coaches defensive line so he's a coach himself but the whole point of Prime Predator Performance is 
to develop strength and conditioning as a whole. Powerlifting being one of the sports, football being one of those sports, volleyball being one of those sports, swimming, diving, doesn't really matter. We have all these sports under that umbrella of strength and conditioning. So that's what prime predator performance is. That's you, interesting. You, yeah. Go ahead, Josh. Yeah, go ahead. So like, I guess with all those other sports, would you mm-hmm. say that if you weren't really doing powerlifting per se, would you be helping like in the strength and conditioning aspect for those other sports primarily? Yes, yes. I already do it for those other sports. I have athletes uh, who play rugby, football, volleyball, uh, baseball. I have wrestlers that I coach right now, currently. Um, but yes, if I wasn't doing just powerlifting, I would also be focusing on all the other sports as well. You were also a head swim coach for the UNT swim team, if so, I'm remembering that correctly. <laughs> no, that's, uh, I, I'm an assistant Swimming and diving coach. Yes, I do work with the University of North Texas uh, swimming and diving program. <laughs> but to but to have that vers- so versatility, weird, right? yeah, like you have the you 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 can kind of like. Do you find yourself as a coach um, within you know prime predator performance and just in general? Do you find yourself utilizing a lot of the same tools across the different sports? Or I guess to ask that in a different way, what are some commonalities you find amongst athletes of different sports, and what do you have to kind of refine and tweak for certain sports. Gotcha. So it it all goes back to being sports specific. So I I would never coach a swimmer the same way I would coach a power lifter, right? Whether it's from selection of exercises, whether it's from a programming standpoint, whether it's from a fatigue management standpoint, it's so different. You have to be very specific and you have to understand the sport that you're dealing with. When I first got into coaching, that's one of the things that was so natural and I had a knack for is I could see a sport and I could take a look at it. I could uh, develop or I could literally break it down to develop programming for it because I understood the sport. I understood, I understood the movements and things like that and what it took to be in that sport. So that's why I will say I'm a strength and conditioning coach first before I say, oh, I also coach powerlifting or, oh, I also coach football. See what I mean? Yeah, no, that makes that makes perfect sense. So, does prime predator performance? Uh, if I were to, if someone were to, first of all, how do they sign up? And second of all, uh, do you have any preferential uh, sports that you're looking at? And what are some of the most kind of out there sports that you ever have had to learn how to coach for? Deal. Um, okay, so prime predator performance. You right now we actually don't have it open for a very specific reason. We don't have it open to the public, to everybody, right? And the reason for it is we're actually developing something that'll be coming in 2022 for everybody. Uh, But right now it's, even though I do coach through Prime Pro Performance and so does Ray Williams, um, we just don't announce it to everyone that, oh, you can join, blah, 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 blah. We can't do that. Um, I already have plenty of athletes. Ray already has plenty of athletes. So we just, we don't have the time to add more in that sense, right? Now, when it comes to those other specific sports and things like that, once we release what we want to release in 2022 and expand and probably even add a couple more coaches to it and, and all that good stuff, then yeah, we, we can definitely add um, more expansion to it, if that makes more sense. Um, yeah. But as of because right I, now, yeah. Yeah, on the site, I see like the ones that are, the sports that are called out are like powerlifting, football, soccer. Uh, mm-hmm. Or so, yeah, in yeah. some countries, they actually call soccer football as well. Anas, in case yeah, you didn't. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and track and field wrestling and baseball. 
Um, yep. has, has an athlete ever approached you for a sport that you've been like, oh, sorry, I can't do that. Sorry, that's just no. I honestly, I haven't had that yet. Uh, I'm trying to think of what's the weirdest thing. If anybody, like, if a sumo wrestler is like, "Hey, David, I really need you there. I really need you." I really need you. You know what? I, here's the thing. I wouldn't say no for one reason. I I would want to learn about that sport to begin with. That's uh, like I'm one of those people that constantly wants to learn. Constantly wants to learn. I constantly ask other coaches for advice on something that they know may be better, right? I'm constantly trying to learn. I, what I used to do 10, 11 years ago, uh, and I'm not doing the exact same thing now, right? I'm always trying to evolve, and that's just part of the coaching world. You never want to get stuck behind. The reason I say that is I used to work with a coach who was like that. He was so proud of the fact that he's been doing the exact same thing since 1985. He was an old-school coach, and he was closed-minded. He refused to try out new things. And there was a reason why none of his athletes at the time were able to adapt to his coaching style. They weren't able to adapt to, to anything just because he was trying to coach the way he coached in 1985. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. That's, that, that's actually interesting. So one question I have is like, how, how did your coaching evolve over like the past four or five years? Gotcha. Um, I would say in the last four or five years, I think the biggest part has been uh, probably differentiating a little bit more male and female. <clears throat> so the, the reason I say that is, so when I was coaching at the high school and even when I was coaching at the university, uh, for the most part, those younger athletes, especially at the high school level, like you, you can practically coach male and female very similarly, but it's once they get older. Once you start reaching 22 years old and above, now you really got to separate it, right? Really got to truly separate it. Um, unless you have some freak athletes that are 18, 19, whatever. But that was, I think, the difference maker. So about, I would say about six years ago is when I started tr making that differ differential part of, in my coaching of, okay, how do I coach female athletes versus how to coach male athletes? I do take a completely different approach to it because I do take that into account. They, they have, for example, females, they have menstrual cycles. Um, hormones get a little crazier and things like that. There's um, fem sometimes females can handle a little bit more volume and, than men can. So things like that. Gotcha. Mm. Yeah. So, any, any programming specific that you've kind of changed your mind on? Like, did you go like, okay, well, this this exercise works well, and like now you're like, no, I don't think I should use this anymore. Um, trying to think if there was anything that I'm just like. So one thing about my coaching, and I will say, I'm extremely open minded. So I will never say, oh, that exercise, I will never do. I will never ha have. No. The reason I say that is because there's a time and place for exercises, right? right? Just because it doesn't work for little Jimmy doesn't mean it's not going to work for Susan, right? It just, sense, yeah. there's a time and place for everything. Um, uh, some people are like, oh, why aren't you doing pauses? You should be doing pauses right now. Well, I will be doing pauses probably in like two cycles from now, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't need to be doing them right now. Things like that. Nice. Josh, you had a question, right? Yeah, it was kind of along the same lines, kind of like with, with all your coaching experience, like what what have you noticed works best? And you can kind of generalize mm -hmm. it, you know, between, I guess, just for powerlifting. But 
what has been like one key thing that you've noticed across the board that if you implement, you usually have generally good success with? One thing across the board, I would definitely say, okay, so I would say two, two, two things. And literally, this, this one can literally apply to almost every single sport I've ever coached. And I would say some type of form of a pause or a tempo. Um, nice. It depends on how long the, t- the pause is, and it depends on how long the tempo is. But the reason for it, I would say that those two help out a lot, is to try and see when their form either breaks down or what actually needs work, right? So let's, I'm just making this example up. Let's say someone is doing tempo squats and it's actually not even heavy weight, but it's the fact that they're under the time under tension for such a long period of time that that's when their form starts to break down. And we haven't even gone to heavier weight. So just imagine that by the time you get to heavier weight without a tempo, it's probably going to look the exact same. Right. So Tempos and pauses seem seem to work pretty well across the board. Yeah. But once again, it gets very specific depending on the sport. Yeah. I guess some, some sports would require more explosiveness than others. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Do, okay. do you guys want to go over the, the questions we received? I, I, yeah, I did want to go into... Uh, so in the beginning, we introduced you, David, as somebody who has worn many hats within the sport of powerlifting in particular yeah. I mean, and also in other sports. But... We get into your your coaching, your the fact that you've been an announcer, the fact that you've ran live feeds for many national mm-hmm. nationally televised, well maybe not televised <laughs> in the traditional sense, but nationally viewed events, um, and also meet directing. Yeah. So, like, what makes you want to do so much? Uh, <laughs> I've never been asked that. <laughs> <laughs> what that's a really good question. what drives you you know like what drives because some people yeah. would be complacent with just doing one one thing and and you've taken you've taken on these you know different uh different aspects that some that's yeah. in some ways are kind of like antithesis of each other but i mean what man, what, what what drives you to want to do that i there was always a need there was always a need for each one and i think that's why i did it the only reason Absolutely. The only reason I started hosting meets was because I was told that there was never any meets hosted in the DFW area. There was one almost every year and one every year and a half, maybe two years. And that was it when I first started out. And so when they told me that, I was told, hey, would you like to run more meets up here? Because I was just running one for one of the universities. I was like, well, yeah, whatever. If if it can get more um, more people to compete in the DFW area, absolutely. I, I don't mind doing it. Make it more accessible. So I did one, and then I did it, and then I did two, and then I did three, and so on, and just kind of snowballed after that. So it was just more of like, oh, I realized that people don't get a chance to compete in DFW area that much back then, right? Um, yeah. Now we're able, now as a whole state, we're able to bring mo- many more meets to the DFW area. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's been amazing. One of the things I love about hosting meets is the fact that I get to work with other meet directors and we get to be able to collaborate on different ideas and things like that. I think that's what, one thing that makes our state so great when it comes to meet directing is if Wes Zunker needs help, if you know Wes Zunker, owner of Texas Drain Systems down in San Antonio, if he needs help, 
I'm there. I want to help him. If I'm available, I want to help him. If he has an idea and he wants to bounce it off me, great. Let's do it. And same vice versa. Um, same thing with other meat directors like Scott Dobbins, Keone. Uh, we have the Cardellas in Houston. Like It goes on and on and on. And we all get to work together. And I love that yeah. about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we had Keone's on in a previous podcast, you know, one of the things we talked about was meat standardization, creating more accessible meats and parts of Texas and just wanting yeah. there to be a like a standardized experience um, yeah. across that. And I mean, given what we've seen, you know, it's it's awesome like that there are so many coming forward. I think the, the DFW area is a, a huge booming metropolitan area for powerlifting. It is. Um, yeah, it's just especially in the last couple of years. Anasa said it before, like it's a shame that there aren't more meets <laughs> in the DFW area. No, it's it's true, and it's like we have, I want to say maybe two or three right now per year, yeah. um, and that's only in USAPL, obviously. But if we can get more, even better, even yeah. better. Uh, we're starting to get some more in, down in in the uh, Waco area. We just had one this past weekend. That was a great one. Hosted by Jay Dickens, another incredible meat director. Uh, she's hosting about one or two uh, every year now. And then we have another one coming up in Wichita Falls. We have one or two there every single year. So, I mean, we're kind of closing in on the gap. And I think we're getting some in South Oklahoma. So you don't have to travel too far, but. <laughs> <laughs> just to a different state. But I guess Oklahoma is yeah, closer. Just to a different like, state. <laughs> just the one, I guess that's closer to the Fort Worth area than like Austin right. or, or Houston is. But. So it basically, you 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 kind of find yourself filling opportunities that you feel like aren't being met, or like the, just you know you you kind of want to push the needle in a direction where something isn't being done. You kind of want to get your hands in there, like you. I think you alluded to it in the beginning, your hands and feet, even to kind of push that correct. needle. Like the only reason I became a state referee was because we needed more state referees in the DFW area, right? The right. only reason I became an announcer is because nobody else wanted to be an announcer for these big level meets. It's, yeah. And I get it. It's, it's, it's nerve wracking. It can be difficult. It is <laughs> yeah. nerve wracking to speak in front of thousands of people and get the crowd jumping and things like that. Some people yeah. either have it or don't. Abe, you, you're one of those people who actually has it. You, I can Josh put you out too. there at any meet. <laughs> Josh is, I, yeah, yeah, I'm, Josh I'm has it now. All of a sudden, we can put him on a live stream any <laughs> <Yeah>. day. <laughs> it's difficult. It really is difficult. It is. Like, it is. Yeah. So a lot, when there's a lot a goes need, into all these things that people don't realize, you know, like absolutely. need directing, they don't announcing, it. like, yeah. There's so. so much. There's so many little things that go behind the scenes that people have no idea. And I don't blame them. I, and some people get upset about certain things of why isn't this being done or why can we do this or why isn't this being offered? And they, mm -hmm. they really don't realize what goes behind the scenes and what it takes and all that. Um, what I'll give you a perfect, perfect example of one of the biggest misconceptions when it comes to hosting meets. People think meat directors make money off of those meets. Yeah, do you, you make millions, know, right? Um, yeah, apparently. Yeah, exactly. Do you really want to know how much money I have ever received from any of those meets? Yeah, yeah that being, would be a yeah an interesting. You, that, it's, it's a if, really good question, if, right? If so, I'm being honest, I would have if I had to guess. I'm a betting. I'm not a betting yeah. man, but if I had to bet no. every dollar I've ever seen. Uh, I want to. I want to wager between like four to six thousand. Is that kind of okay. close? <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm give you a perfect example. So, <clears throat> any meat. Let's say we're we're charging anywhere between eighty dollars to hundred and twenty dollars, right? Anywhere in between there. So, yeah, that's fair. 
for a registration, for your shirt, for what division you want to be in, whatever, right? So <clears throat> you take that, everybody signs up, everybody gets into the meet, whatever. A meet director is having to pay for equipment, brand new, being used, rented out. You're having to, if you don't have your own truck, you have to rent out a U-Haul truck for multiple days to try and haul the stuff in and out of whatever venue you're using. Um, if you're sharing space, whether it's at an expo, whether it's at a gym, you have to pay for that space. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. On top of that, you have to pay for medals. On top of that, we have to pay for drug testing. On top of that, we have to pay for the shirts on top and so on and so on, right? And all that registration money, that's what it's being used for. From yeah. all the meets I have ever hosted, I have made $36. You want to know how I remember it was $36? Oh, gosh. That's, yeah. That is the I mean, God honest truth. You want to know how I remember it was $36? Because that? I went and bought the biggest and fattest, juiciest cheeseburger oh, after the powerlifting oh. meet that I hosted. That was $36? <laughs> $36. Awesome. I bought the biggest possible burger that was near one of the venues I hosted yeah. with the biggest milkshake, with the biggest fries and drink. And that's what I use my $36 on. Oh, my gosh. I have never once actually been able to ever make. But here's the thing. I choose not to make any money off of it because every single dollar that people put into registering for those meets, I put it directly back into the meet, whether it's buying new equipment, whether it's making sure people get enough shirts, whether it means buying the newest medals, whether it means giving away cool prizes. One year, I decided I wanted to give away um, airline tickets to the Arnold. So I did that one day. I wanted to give out some extra cash and I did that. Um, I can't always rely on sponsors. That's mm -hmm. another issue. Um, I've had sponsors literally back out the day before they're like, we're so sorry. We can't make it. Or we're so sorry. We can't give out this cash that we wanted to give out. And then people get upset. Or, oh, so, and so on. Um, I thought they were going to give out cash or I thought they were going to give out prizes. Listen, I have zero control of what the sponsors want to do, right? Like if they want to give out this stuff, blah, blah, blah. Typically we have contracts in place and things like that, but contracts do get broken. And uh, that's the unfortunate truth, but there's so much that goes behind these meat directing. And I always feel so bad. Like when people don't understand it, do you think that I can't yeah. blame them? Yeah. I can't blame them, but they don't realize the logistics that go behind it. Um, uh, but yeah, literally $36 of all the meets I've hosted in six, no, five years. Yeah, $36. <laughs> uh, okay, so I had a question. So we were kind of entertaining that idea of like hosting our own meet, like sponsored yeah. by the podcast. Yeah. But like, so how much, I guess, would you say like prep time would you need to make sure that you run a quality meet to make sure that like you prepare for all this stuff to happen, right? Absolutely. If yeah. it's going to be your first one, I I mean, I would say six months for sure. At least six months, right? Um, okay. It just, and you can go longer if you want. If you want to go a whole year, you can go a whole year. Um, but my biggest advice would be attend as many meets and actually have conversations with those meet directors and ask them about ideas and how to do things. Just like I told you earlier, I'm one of those people who constantly wants to learn. I ask other meat directors on how to do things better. I ask other meat directors on other ideas. Um, perfect example, you guys know what lifting cast is, right? Yes. 
Yes. Okay. Lifting cast, where you re- you register for just about almost all the meets, and then that's what shows up on the screen and all that stuff. You guys don't realize that <clears throat> after a meet is done, there's a lot of little things that go behind on lifting cast on how to pull up the awards, on how to pull up who's the best lifter, on how to figure out, okay, who's getting drug tested and who is not, things like that. And I didn't know that part. So one day after one of the meets, I was like, I was still so confused about it. I reached out to another meet director and I was like, I need a whole course on this. You know this system better than anybody else. How can you help me be a better meet director to help me understand this part so I don't have to keep asking in the future? So we spent like an hour and he shared his screen with me. He even sent YouTube videos. Why? Because I want to learn. I want to know. I want to get better at that. Right? Yeah, exactly. That's that's kind of my question. It, you know, with me, I, I kind of look at things from a, a, I guess, maybe an analytical way of like, if there's some problem that's, you know, mm-hmm. currently, I think, I say the, maybe the, not a problem, but if there's some deficiency, when it's, in this case, maybe we can identify a lack of uh, meets in DFW area. Let's say hypothetically that that's the, the problem that we're trying to solve. Like, in my mind, yeah. I'm thinking like, there must be some reason that that exists. Like, would you say that what's the best way to get more meets? Like, do you, do you think that more people should be involved in directing them? Like maybe have a quantity, more quantity, or do you think that more collaboration should be done amongst people who are really good at it and should, you know, I guess, expand their bandwidth? Yeah. I, I think that second one that you said, the collaboration part, I think that's the one that works the best. Um, and then as time goes on, obviously you want to add more people and things like that. Um, one of the biggest things, and to everyone listening out there, if you ever, ever have a question regarding a meet, or if you ever have a concern about a meet, my biggest advice, and this is from a professional standpoint, this is from a mature standpoint, and hopefully majority of you are adults, always reach out to the meet director first. Have that conversation with the meet director. Don't, I see it. It's so childish and I see it on, on platforms, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, they go and hide behind a keyboard and say whatever they want about a referee, a meet, a meet director, another athlete, a technical, uh, chair, whatever, a state chair, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. They talk bad about them because they're able to hide behind a keyboard, but they cannot go up to that person and have that conversation like an adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. if you want something and you want to see better, or you just have a, a question about it on how to do it, go and ask, go and talk to them directly. And I promise you, they will talk to you back. They will give you a good response. Why? Because we're all professional in this. Very trying well to hide behind a keyboard. I promise you we'll never get fixed. We'll no. never get fixed. You know why? Because the people higher up, they tell us meet directors, <laughs> don't worry about it. Like, they're just being childish. And if they really wanted a, a, a re- legit answer, they would have come and talked to those people. Right? Yeah, yeah. I think that I think that like voice, I mean, it's, you know, I guess to put that in like maybe a professional sense, if someone's voicing something on uh, social media, it could be seen as one of two things. It could just be seen as like venting frustration, which in that case, do you try to identify each and every person who's venting frustration? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe that's too much, too many things to do. Otherwise, if mm-hmm. someone isn't coming up to you, and saying, hey, this is an actual legitimate concern I'd like for you to fix, then it's it's hard to say where do you where do you put a lot of the the efforts, you know, like people who are yep. you know contributing to the national 
level or to the state level in some capacity mm -hmm. like a lot of it's maybe unpaid or a lot of it's like volunteer work so do you try mm -hmm. to do you have like a team scouring social media to say like oh like every single post try to leave a comment and you know who's going to pay for that who's going to support that as opposed to if someone yep. comes up and emails you it's a lot easier to kind of whack that hungry hungry hippo is that the game hungry hungry whack-a-mole it's a whack that mole <laughs> when it pops whack up that I don't know. Well, we've i think we've killed that dead horse uh josh and us do y'all have anything else to add before we get into some of these rapid fire questions no, no that's pretty it. good yeah I, I like it i yeah. so far yeah Hopefully, I I've think... given you some good insight on meats and, and things no, that go yeah, behind the scenes, you've, man. You've, you've definitely kind There's of... There's crazy. There's so much that goes behind it. But yeah. it's fun, yeah. man. We, is it sexy? Uh, we, we love it. It is. It is. Especially yeah. when we get to bring guys yeah. like you guys on board. Oh, stop it. And live stream it. You you guys give it a little bit of extra spice and, and sexiness to it. So yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, can't, I want the, the cheeseburger at the end. Like, yeah, I want a $36 <laughs> cheeseburger. That's yeah. all I heard. Run a yeah. meat, get a thirty-six dollar uh, cheeseburger. I'm in. Thirty-six dollars, okay. man. My thing, oh. my thing is, is that I think I, I don't think rather. I know, I like the ability to kind of take a peek behind the curtain in some capacity because it helps people yeah. have a full appreciation about what goes into the sport. Oh, that, absolutely. Again, is absolutely. is primarily run on volunteers. Who's primarily run on people who yeah. have a passion for it, and we all have a similar passion. So there has to be some level of cooperation and you know not a not mm -hmm. a like a oh you know let's not let's not talk with that person blah blah, blah this and that i think as long as we can kind of come to a certain understanding that at the end of the day we're trying to do all we can to you know do best for the for the the lifters do best for the people who are you know putting their time and effort into you know having coaching into you know meat prep Yes. I mean, having 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 difficult conversations will be better for everybody overall and it'll mm -hmm. it'll push the push the endeavors of all of us further but david you know great well said let's um let's pivot quite a bit to some of the pivot. overwhelming questions pivot uh questions. questions i think that should be a thing but uh we <laughs> got a lot of questions from lifters who oh my goodness uh, they're so inquisitive they want to know um and so these are gonna be rather, they're gonna be kind of quick quick to the uh you know you can give us your initial responses so when okay okay yeah, okay yeah. When don't, do you don't think, think too hard about these yeah don't think too hard otherwise you may you may okay all right yeah I'm, so my hurt when do you think you could start building out your own gym is that something that you see coming down the pipeline oh, in any time oh you don't know uh i've been asked that so many times, literally over the course of 10 years, I've been asked, when are you going to open up your own gym? When are you going to open up your own gym? Here's the thing. I've worked with gyms, four gyms. I've managed them. I've coached at them. And uh, it, in my opinion, at least in the DFW area, mm -hmm. we have plenty. We have a pretty darn good amount, especially in the last couple of years. I feel like we yeah. have a pretty darn good amount. That's my own personal opinion. If I was to open up a gym, I can tell you right now, it would not be a powerlifting only gym. It would be much bigger in, in, in a capacity from athletics, right? So I, I feel like we have a lot of gyms already in the DFW area. I don't, I don't feel the need to want to open one. And here's the other thing. I got way too many other things going on <laughs> to, oh, to go and open no, a gym dude, right now. <laughs> dude, you, you don't, you're only an announcer, a live stream guy. I mean, you only do open heart surgery on Saturdays. I mean... You got, what are you doing with <laughs> your Wednesday mornings? Yeah. What about that? It's a beautiful day to save lives. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so what I'm hearing is not yet, not now, but not, not yet, completely no. closed off. 
No, not completely closed off. But not in the not time in the is future. right. The time is right. Okay. Yep. I was gonna okay. say, don't you have a home gym? So that technically counts as yeah, a, a gym, gym, right? Yeah, yeah that's a gym. Yeah. So oh, well, yeah. technically, well, no, it's not well, open to everybody. I mean, I'm uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we went to Docs, David. <laughs> go check out his home <laughs> gym. Home gym. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but don't don't go visit out if you're listening to the podcast. Don't go visit uh, David's home gym unless you're his wife, and in which case you can go anytime you want. Unless you unless you get a a legit invite, then then maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Cool. 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 So you kind of touched on it a few times during the podcast, but if you had to, if yeah. you had to sum it up in like a, a quick short span, you know, what motivates you, and w- most importantly, what is your why, and that thing what that keeps why? you going. What is your why? Yep. So obviously, I, I love seeing the progression, but you really, really, you truly want me to get deep with you on my why as to why, coach. Why as deep as you, coaching, as deep as you would like as, to, as, yeah, as deep as I'd like to go. <laughs> Um, believe it or not, and it has everything to do. I, whoever I coach in whatever sport, I want to make sure that they become productive citizens of society. What am I referring to is whatever I teach you through strength and conditioning, that you apply that to your life, that you, whether it means, okay, if I'm going to hold myself accountable in training for whatever sport, I'm going to hold myself accountable to being a great father. I want to hold myself accountable to kick an ass at whatever job I have. Mm-hmm. If it means I'm never going to miss a training session because I'm so committed to it, blah, 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 blah. I want you to apply that to whatever school you're going to, that you're not going to be missing class and you're not going to be skipping out on exams and things like that. That is 100% my why. To become a productive citizen of society. Mm-hmm. I can make you strong. I can make you fast. I can make you explosive. But if you can't translate that to your life, then I'm not doing my job. Love it. Um, Love hot it, Cheetos yeah. or Takis? Uh, neither. Okay, perfect. Um, okay, yeah. Okay, then moving I on. I can't no. handle spicy. I'm so weak for spicy. <laughs> what? I can't, oh, I know. Lord. What? Weird. But Colombians well, don't eat spicy. It's not like a traditional thing. It's mostly a Central America thing, not so much a South American thing. Interesting. You know, it's funny, uh, uh the, the citric acid in a uh, hot Cheeto and a Taki is what people attribute to the, the spice but it's not spicy it's just sour it's like exceedingly sour but yeah nope won't touch well, so, it okay well i guess this wasn't this wasn't part of the question but like what's your junk food of choice do you even like indulge we already talked about it a che- i guess a cheeseburger <laughs> yeah, yeah a cheeseburger yeah. Came big, six dollars i'm yeah. eating it baby the 36 dollar <laughs> cheeseburger abe where were oh, you damn. so you, you gotta you gotta run a you have to run a meat each and every time you want to have a cheeseburger damn david i'm sorry <laughs> yeah, apparently oh man i'm sorry Okay, so you so you vacation a lot, uh, or you at least travel. Um, yeah, pretty frequently. What's your play? What's your favorite place uh, to visit in the U.S. and just uh, outside of the U.S.? Favorite place to visit in the U.S. I would say Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. For you people who are not very good with geography, Hawaii is not a country. Hawaii yes. is a state yes. of the yes. United States of America. Yes, we all know so, that. Yes, especially me. Um, I, I, I didn't you. know that. Thank you. Hawaii, I think, would say um, would be my number one choice. It's absolutely beautiful. It's very peaceful. It's very laid back. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I love it. And uh, what was the other part of that question? Just outside Outside of the U.S. Outside of the U.S.? (sighs) Maybe Jamaica, honestly. I I have a huge attachment to Jamaica. I love it out there. It's incredible. Same thing. Mm -hmm. Very peaceful, sunny, beachy, jungle. I love it. It's perfect. So you you seem to be attracted to the island life in some capacity. I love, yeah. I, I guess you can say I'm an island boy. 
an island boy. Okay. I didn't. I wouldn't say that. You say it though. Okay. I say. Well, you know, this this one, I guess, is somebody who knows you, and we told people we'd ask the questions that they wanted us to oh, ask you. So, how no. many? picture oh there's so many pictures of you with your mouth open um should we talk should we be this the, the question is should we be tossing food into it and i guess based off what you said about the cheeseburger uh answer maybe yes Are you okay the answer could be s- yes yes the answer could be yes okay. i didn't you know what i didn't realize that until not too long ago that a lot of the pictures i do that people do take of me yeah. for some reason Part of my smile is I'm just opening my mouth. So is that, is that your go-to really uh, funny. kind of face? Like if a camera's on it, it's not my go-to. It's I think I'm just I'm just being really happy and excited, and my yeah. mouth just happens to be open. I think that's <laughs> okay. one of my versions of a smile. How about that, I'll say that. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> okay, cool. This next one it was a little bit political, but you know, like I said, we're gonna ask it. Um, pro IPF or pro USAPL? Uh, you can dance around that as much as you'd want. Uh, what's your opinion on the matter, Brian? I don't give a damn. I'm going to coach strength and condition. I'm going to coach powerlifting. I'm going to coach wherever the athletes need to be. So there's always going to be federations. The sport's always going to continue. And I honestly, I don't pay attention to it. I that's just the honest truth. I it's not for me to worry about. In other exactly. Words. Have you ever? Well, this is this isn't a question, but have you ever coached a bodybuilder? Have I ever coached a bodybuilder? Yeah, somebody who wanted to get no, no, not to compete in bodybuilding. No. Okay, right, good to know. I guess I was curious. Also, I mean, given the we're not going to touch on it too long, but given the news that the USAPL just dropped at at the time of this recording, uh, that, oh my gosh, this question dropped. may be this this question <laughs> yeah, may be yeah, uh, may be irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're known you're known for your your hairstyle amongst other things as well this person wants so to ask, many questions about your hair so many oh my god <laughs> yeah. would you ever it's cut it? ending uh, that's that's maybe the dumbest question i've heard next yeah. no i would never <laughs> well you know you know you know and i know that when dreads are cut they can be reattached would you ever do it and uh see what it looked like and then reattach if you if you no, felt so I inclined i couldn't do never. that i couldn't okay. bring it to myself the, okay. the dreads are a very specific and almost like a spiritual part of me. So I could yeah. never, ever cut them. I'm actually what? very excited to grow old and gray and have gray dreadlocks. What's I'm the story behind that then? Is there, you said it's, is it, the is it spiritual? No. Well, yeah. Like what, what, what do um, they mean so much to you for people who don't know? So, uh, when I was like four or five years old, I saw them for the first time when I was in, I was born in Colombia, and that's when I saw them for the first time mm-hmm. and I fell in love with it. Fast forward to about seventh grade. I was hanging out with a buddy and he showed me or we're listening to reggae. And I was like, who is this? And he showed me the album cover and it was Bob Marley. And I fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. And ever since that day, I told everybody I was going to have dreadlocks one day and boom, one day I did it. I didn't tell anybody I was doing it. I just did it. And I've had dreadlocks ever since. (laughs) Yeah. That's the story behind it. I was just passionate about it. And it's something I've been wanting my whole life. That seems to be a common theme with you though. Yep. (laughs) Following your passions. What's the most yep. difficult part of having so many athletes all over the U.S.? Most difficult? Mm-hmm. I don't think there is a, a difficult part to it, honestly. I, I think I've been, I've been doing this for so long. I've been able to manage it. Um, it's, it's not, I don't think it's difficult. Uh, it at least you? because of the coaching style that I have, I don't think it's difficult. Oh, really? So is, is by coaching style, do you mean you mentioned it earlier, being able to adapt and kind of like tailor the, the programming Correct. based off what your athlete needs? 
Yeah, even, believe it or not, even my mood. I have to adapt my mood to whoever I'm dealing with. So, yeah, I, I would definitely say uh, it's it's not difficult for me. Really? Not even the time zones? The Eastern to Pacific time no, zone difference? No, no? like okay. I, I have athletes, but that's the other thing. Like I have athletes all around the world, like in multiple countries, and I might be asleep and they're messaging me about their videos or asking questions. And as soon as I wake up the next day, I'm able to answer them. Do you, so this this is maybe a question I have then. Do you ever find uh, how do you how do you manage your work life balance? You know, I mean, how do you manage burnout? How do you manage being able to like ha- have all of these endeavors and these passions, but also maintain uh-huh. you know your personal relationships as well? Correct. So I at least from a coaching standpoint, even though it is a professional thing, um, technically it's a job. Till this day, it has never felt like an actual job to me. Mm-hmm. That is the absolute truth it just it doesn't um once again is it an actual job yes is it what i do for a living yes but it just i i think i i just enjoy it so damn much that it doesn't feel like it gets in the way mm-hmm. and i'm able to combine both because i'm able to travel to these places and then enjoy the travel that i get to be on and meet new people be around different people foods religions cultures so yeah interesting okay would you rather solve? Okay, this is. See, people ask questions sometimes. I'm just thinking to myself. I don't you know, know what, the context behind these. Like, what does that yeah, even yeah. mean? Yeah, you Would you rather solve math? Not well. No. Okay. Okay, <laughs> David. We gotta stick to this, the rapid fire. I guess I'm getting a little too excited. Deal, deal. Rapid yeah. fire. Okay. Come on. Would you rather solve math problems all day or never eat a lime again? Uh. uh you I, heard what I said. I, uh, answer yeah. the questions, David. Answer the question, David. The answer is yes. <laughs> math, math, math. Uh, okay. Math. All right. Why do you consider, uh, or why do you consider athletes athletes and not clients? What's the difference? Oh, great question. Okay, so in the, I know exactly why they're asking this. Um, a long time ago, uh, I want to say like six years ago, I I heard someone say like. I maybe for like the first time they were like, Oh, your clients. And that for some reason, that word, I didn't like it. Yeah. It was the word client has always kind of been more of a, I don't know. It just, it never seemed very, uh, yeah, very corporate. And, and that's just not me. And I just don't like it. I have, I have athletes, even people who are not athletes and they just want to train like an athlete. I call them my athlete. So I will never call anybody a client. I just, it doesn't fit my style. It just, that's just a personal thing. What okay. other people do, I don't give a damn. But <laughs> for me, I can, I can literally not ever have that roll out of my mouth and call someone a client of mine. It's okay. Just, it sounds so weird. <laughs> so you you said you met, you mentioned you coach uh, full time. This is your this is your day yeah. job is coaching. So yeah. what is it? What does a day to day look like with so many athletes that you train? What's a, what's a typical day to day for you? Um, just day to day. Let's say uh, wake up. Any international athletes or anybody who trained really late the night before and had sent me any videos or questions or anything regarding their training, I'm answering that practically all morning right mm-hmm. um then I'll, I'll go and try and get my workout in if i'm going out of town if i'm flying out if i'm driving to a different city obviously i'll try and do that as soon as i can uh if i'm not then i typically have some type of meeting bus- bus- whether it's a business meeting on zoom in person 
or anything like that, then I'll do that and I'll take care of that as well. Programming throughout the day. Um, and then my athletes are reaching out to me all day, every day. So, yeah. Perfect. What's the most, re- well, yeah, well, what's the most rewarding part of what you do? Most rewarding part? Um, yes. Kind of piggybacking what I said earlier is being able to see an athlete's progression and having them realize their potential. I, Perfect. Hands down, that's the most rewarding part. Big spoon or little spoon? Um, mm-hmm. Depends on the day of the week. David, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> a lady never does. <laughs> um, if you were not a coach, what would you be doing? Um, probably be either a cowboy or a helicopter pilot. Cowboy or helicopter? Cowboy. <laughs> cowboy. Yeah. Cowboy. I like how we all kind of just latched on to cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> what does a cowboy do for a living? Is yeah, what I'm thinking. Honestly, I'm trying to picture uh, David as the, a cowboy. What's the professional? What did they get like paid? A, like a yeah, Texas what's a Ranger get paid nowadays. What's the rates? Uh, nowadays, I don't. I don't know what the rates. What's the are. minimum wage on a cowboy? <laughs> well, let's look that up later, guys. Maybe we can get into some cowboy yeah, yeah. on the that. on the side. And you guys are and crazy. To, to, well, you know, uh, I don't want to end it on a hair question, so I'll ask two more questions. There's one here. Uh, a few of them actually. Uh, regarding when the last time well i mean just group these together and again rapid fire when's the last yep. time you got a haircut and what does maintaining your hair look like there's so many hair Deals. questions God. damn so many hair <laughs> questions Every... uh, so many david i'm telling you uh, i'll be honest like the hair questions have everything to do with every... they'll ask me in person so they're gonna ask me on here so day to day i wash it like a normal person Okay. There's a huge misconception about dreadlocks. They're like, oh, you're not supposed to wash them for like months. I'm like, hell no, I could never do that. So no, I wash it like a normal person. I wash it just about every other day. Um, I just have to use a very specific type of shampoo. And was the last time you got a haircut? 2013. No, 2012. Wow. Okay. July 2012. I'm assuming just a trim. I'm assuming, or just was it like I don't know. I why not, I'm getting so into I've never it. Okay, it. David, don't even don't even pay attention <laughs> to what I just said. I don't know. I'm getting into the rabbit hole. If anybody asks you any more questions about your hair, just direct them to this episode Next. and just be like, Next. Hey, yeah. skip, to, skip yeah. to 58 minutes into it. Uh, you're good. You get all your answers for the Next. hair questions. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Last last question, and I want to I want you to answer this as honestly as you would like. Do. So, doing everything that you do, David Garcia, mm-hmm. again. I don't need to recap it, but I, I'll do it because I want to. You have directed many meets. You coach athletes across so many different sports. You've announced that many meets locally, nationally, internationally, and you've also ran the live feed uh, for you know national level yeah. meets as well. So, and you're an owner and head coach of Prime Predator Performance. So all that taken into a case, you've you've spread yourself across so many different aspects of of just sports in general. Yep. How, how, what do you want people to remember of you? What's, what is the one thing that you want your legacy to be represented of and remembered for? That I made a positive impact, uh, whether it was in their lives, whether it was in their uh, athletic career. I, I think it has that. Um, whether it was just a kind gesture. It, you guys know me. You guys know, you guys have known me for so long. I'm an extremely positive human being. I will never be ugly and rude to people. And that's just, I, I want to be able to live, live a happy life in that sense. 
and being able to push that happiness towards others and give a positive impact in that way. Um, that's what I want to be remembered as because it's, it's very important. Uh, I, I wish we had more positive people out there spreading more positivity and things like that. So yeah, I love that question. I love it. I love so, you. I love David you. Garcia, thank you for, thank you for coming on and talking to us. Uh, it was a pleasure to have you uh, where can people find you? Um, and where can people what what drop all your drop all your social medias down. Let, oh, let them, let them so have it. Yeah. Have it. Um it's at Big Poppy 69. Stop it. Stop um, it right now, sir. <laughs> I will not allow I will not allow this. You gotta what leave that in there. You do that and whatever you find, I have no idea whose account hey, that is. What's if your, it is an account, so please what is your meta? <laughs> my my meta, my meta yeah. is David Garcia. Oh, okay. My my Instagram is at Mother Teresa of Gaines. Separated by so, underscores, absolutely. Yeah, underscores, there's in there. Um, and then our coaching company that Ray Williams and I have is at Prime Predator Performance. At so Prime Predator um, that's Performance. where you guys can find us. Um, but I think it's more important that you guys go and find at Chalk My Back. Oh. I think that's the most important one here. Whoa. So I think oh that's the goodness. one you guys need to look out for. And if you haven't hit that follow button, I say you hit it and you hit it a couple of times. Just make, of times, sure, just make sure make sure it's still same following and you didn't unfollow. <laughs> only an odd number. But that's amount, the one you need. No. Yeah, yeah, only an odd number. <laughs> that's the one you need to follow. Uh, David Garcia, I love you. I love you. Thanks so hey, much for being hey, on this. Week. I want to say something though okay, before go we go. Oh, sure, go, go for ahead. it. I have a mission now. I have a mission for Chalk My Back. What's that? <clears throat> and I want to help yeah. in this mission for Chalk My Back. Hmm. I would like to get Chalk My Back to do a live stream for either a national or an Arnold meet. How, oh. do, how does that sound? That actually sounds really good. That sounds like we would love you to guys, do that. Is that something you guys would take on? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Put the, because put it on, a recording, hearing, on a recorded medium. Yep. <laughs> yep. Because I think Chalk Mike Back could, um, at least the guys doing it right now, are, could be <laughs> extremely beneficial to bring in some type of spice to a live stream. I'd love uh, to do that. Make it more fun. Make it more interesting. Not just talk about the sport of powerlifting, but give a very specific type of commentary that has never been done before. So I want to take you guys on that. And I think we can make that happen and put you on the live stream for a national or maybe the Arnold. Love it. I would think that we would uh, take on that challenge and be able to represent the aspect of powerlifting that we would want to represent in that in that same aspect to try to bring more energy and and attention to the lifters who dedicate so much to the sport it really is about them uh, about the listener if you're listening right now i know you're headed to the gym i know you're probably on your lunch break or you're pooping or whatever it is you're doing but you know you're what makes the sport worth investing so much into and if yeah. we can have any any representation of the effort that they're putting into it if we can if we can match that at least uh, I think we're happy to do it. What do y'all think? Of course, definitely. That that sounds like a plan. Yes, I love it. Cool, we'll I make it, it happen. So, listen to us every Tuesday wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, drop a rating, drop a comment, uh, drop a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, follow us on Spotify. Follow us on Instagram at Chalk My Back. It's been a been a great week. Thank you again so much. See you next week. Na, 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 show. After show, I'm just gonna I'm gonna shout out some of the people who asked questions. I'm gonna go through this list really quickly. I'm gonna read their Instagram names. I don't know their real name, sure. but we have Angelina fifty two kg. 
Co-Greg22, the Italian tank powerlifting. Aj Renshaw, lift heavy. Ayushum, 12. Uh, who else? Paul lifts, excuse me, Pat lifts things. Donnie lifts. Steven Schreff. King 67, Lorenzo Barnes 78, uh, King Canard Fitness, Figgylicious, Glutes of Glory 101, DV Aussie 123. Maybe that's an alt account for me. Um, well, not your waifu. And uh, uh, King 67, Ayushim 12. That's that's all of them. That's the. Uh, that's the full list. Thank you all so much. That's the question. I've never heard of any of those. <laughs> it's funny how people make it.